What's up, people? How you guys doing? Welcome to another episode of Jackson versus Jackson. Me versus me. My boy AJ is not with us today. He's on another assignment out of town, so I'll be holding it down. So I'm here today to talk about uh, the two, the championship weekend, actually, which is the AFC championship game, uh, Kansas City versus uh, the Bengals, and the NFC championship game, Philadelphia Eagles versus the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, get you guys caught up, give you my thoughts uh, on uh, certain things in the games, and get you guys up out of here. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, let's get started. Uh, so let's start with the first game. Uh, let's start with KC versus the Bengals, which was actually the second game, but let me start with that game first. Okay. So Kansas City uh, pulled it out. 23 to 20 spoiler alert <laughs> uh uh let's talk about uh hobbled mahomes and uh how he led these guys to victory uh the man was playing on one leg for the majority of the game uh i think cincinnati's defense did uh some good things uh, seeing that he was uh hobbled and they kept him in check uh in a lot of ways, but Mahomes did what Mahomes does. I mean, he made some some really magical plays happen. Uh, he he had some completions. Uh, he bought time with his with his legs. Where you're like, God, dog, you know, like can this guy be stopped? You know, and uh, he had uh, Kansas City up early. Uh, looking like it was going to be a blowout, you know. And so uh, that was just uh, how he was able to maneuver and, 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 and while being injured and still, you know, put Kansas City on top. Now, uh, let's take a look at... Uh, who he was doing it with, though. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, so, you know, Kansas City traded Tyreek Hill. Uh, it, it feels like, I don't know if it feels that way to you guys, but to me, it feels like he's been gone a couple of years. But it's only this is the only season that he's been away. They traded him in the offseason. Got a nice little draft haul for him, but they traded him away. Uh, and... Uh, Patrick Mahomes was making magic with a bunch of receivers that that are not household names. That you'll be like, "Who was that guy? Who was that guy?" You know, and the 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 couple of household names that they did have <clears throat> uh, weren't that that highly involved in uh, Tony, who was coming off an injury, and Smith Schuster, uh, but. They had Travis Kelsey, <laughs> and he was targeted quite a bit, and he made huge plays uh, for Mahomes throughout the game, so that helped. But let's see who uh, – uh, Valdez Scantling, whoever that guy is. If you're from KC, you probably know who he is, but if you're not from KC, uh, who's that guy? 
he made huge catches. You know, he had uh, six catches for 116 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Valdez Scantling, uh, what was his first name, Marquez or Marquise or something? <laughs> uh, Kansas City fans, uh, give me his correct name in, in the comments. Uh, Travis Kelty had seven catches on eight targets. Man, uh, and he was he he moves like a receiver, and he always uh, has always uh, you know has gotten separation. Even though he's a big guy, like these like safeties corners, they can't keep up with the guy. He does Q routes better than some of the you know the best uh, slot receivers. Man, it's amazing. Travis Kelsey is is one hell of a player. Uh, rookie uh, Isaiah Pacheco uh, had five catches, 59 yards. Rookie uh, McKinnon uh, Kemp, who was Kemp? He had a catch. Uh, Sky Moore, who they got off the heap, uh, I think. He had uh, three catches. Uh, Merkley's Hardman had two catches. Tony had a catch, Smith Schuster had a catch, and some guy named Gray had a catch. So uh uh it wasn't just uh your usual suspects, you know, it, it was Travis Kelsey but and and and, uh, and his band of merry men, you know, and 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 so that makes it even that much more uh spectacular what uh Kansas City was able to do. Uh KC's defense uh, Got to give them credit, man. They they uh, stopped uh, Cincinnati's offense on the the last two drives that they had. They had to to hold them. Uh, all all uh, uh, Cincinnati had to do was get in field goal range, and they couldn't do it on, on the last two drives. So regardless of what happened before that and after that, they had it was twenty twenty now. In the fourth quarter, they had opportunities to. Uh, Either get in field goal range and kick a uh, a field goal to put them up, or drive for a touchdown to put them up. And Kansas City's defense uh, didn't allow them to do it. Chris Jones was a man. Uh, he was a man all game, especially those last two series. Uh, so now let's take a look, uh, or let's talk about the Bengals. Uh, Quarterback, offensive line. Uh, so the first drive or two, sacked uh, what, three, four times right off the bat. So you're like, dang, this is how the game is gonna go. And and, I, and, I, and I, as I said, Kansas City looked like they could blow Cincinnati out. It never felt like they were gonna do that though. Cincinnati's defense always felt like. They sort of had him under control as well, even though he was making some magical throws and things happen. Uh, but Cincinnati's offense was bad. But Cincinnati won 10 games in a row with a bad offense. So, you know, even though he kept getting, Joe Burrow kept getting sacked, I'm sure it was just status quo because he'd been sacked for the last 10 games with this uh O line, they've got to fix it in the offseason, but uh, Joe Burrow stepped up and made some throws of his own, you see. And he has some dogs, 
Joe Burrow uh, has all of his dogs. He had T. Higgins, six catches, 83 yards and a touchdown. Jamar Chase, six catches, 75 yards. Tyler Boyd, two catches, 40 yards. Those were the those his top three dogs, and those were his top three uh, pass catchers. And then his tight end was fourth. Uh, Hurst with uh, four catches. Mixon, running back, three catches. So uh, Cincinnati got some dogs, and, and for Kansas City to bowl when they needed to bowl, uh, that 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 says uh, volumes about their defense. Even though the offense gets uh, all the praise and and a, and a ton of credit. Now, let's talk about the play. And if you understand, and, and you should know what I'm talking about when I say the play, because it's the play that basically put Kansas City in field goal range with uh, eight seconds to go. Uh, again, it's Patrick Mahomes on a bum leg, uh, rolling to his right, running for, uh, trying to get a first down and get out of bounds. Time's running out. So I feel like the defensive end, uh, could have dove maybe and, and got him out of bounds a little sooner than he did. And then the play may not have happened. Right. But uh, he he ran for a first down, and he was clearly out of bounds two steps before uh, Joseph Osai uh, just pushed the hell out of him uh, for whatever you know reason. He didn't think he was going to get penalized for it, uh, you know. And and the referees had been trying to give uh, Kansas City the during game uh, all fourth quarter. But I haven't talked about that yet. So he just thought that they were not going to give him the game on this play, right? And then when he pushed him, at, you know, how karma is, he hyperextended his knee. And I haven't heard the extent the, the, the extents that the damage is to his leg or knee or whatever, but he was on the, the ground for quite a while uh, after he uh, got the flag on him. Uh, which put Kansas City in field goal range. They kicked the field goal, and they won the game. And from my uh, – just just me personally, I feel like uh, – because Cincinnati's defense had been stopping Kansas City the entire fourth quarter as well. Kansas City was up 20-13 to 13 on uh, Cincinnati, and they, so they had been stuck on 20 for a while. So – Cincinnati's defense was doing its thing. So I felt like if they went to overtime, I, I really felt good that, that Cincinnati would win that game. You know, and, and and I'm not Cincinnati fan or a Kansas City fan, but I felt like Cincinnati would win if it went to overtime. And then the penalty happened. Okay. But let's go back to uh, the play that wasn't real quick because I'm move on to the NFC championship game, but I just wanted to touch on that play. And I don't ever remember uh, having a play go through and then saying, well, it wasn't a play. I, I, I've heard of whistles being blown and plays being going that, that, that uh, get negated because of, of the whistle. 
but this one felt different. You know, it, it felt like, uh, like there were they they let the play go, then they talked about it after the fact and decided it wasn't a play. That's what it felt like. And now they showed one replay of the referee taking three or four steps onto the field, but he in no way uh, tried to stop the play. He wasn't waving his arms or anything, uh, you know. And again, I don't have a dog in the fight, so so you know maybe he had blown the whistle and you know just good conscience. His conscience got the best of him, but in all actuality, the play had happened, and it just felt like they were trying to give uh, Cincinnati uh, more opportunities. No, they were trying to give Kansas City more opportunities. There, I said it. Uh, that's what I felt when it happened. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure Kansas City fans feel different, but you know that's that. Uh, so Kansas City's moving on to their third Super Bowl in five years. So, good luck to them. Uh, the NFC Championship game. Let's talk about it. Uh, Philadelphia. Uh, thirty-one, uh, forty-nine to seven, and this was the most hyped of the the two games. So. I sort of thought that this game should have been the, 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 the later game and the Kansas City-Cincinnati game should have been the earlier game because obviously this was going to be the best game, right? It wasn't meant to be, you know. Uh, as much as we wanted it to be a game, it never was, you know. And it started uh, with the injury to Brock Purdy. So let's get into it. Uh so, first drive of the game, first series for, for San Francisco. Uh, Hassan Reddick, is that the, the D lineman's name? That uh, sacked uh, uh, Purdy, and uh, we didn't know at the time, but we know now that he had a, he, he had a, a torn UCL uh, in his arm. And so, uh, it was pretty significant. And so he had to leave, and you could see him on the sideline mouthing to Coach Shanahan, I can't throw, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't feel my arm so or hand or whatever he was mouthing. So uh, that vaunted, and, and and that's just what they are. It was a that vaunted Philadelphia defense uh they 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 touched him and they said they all week they said they they was going to touch him he he hadn't felt that kind of pressure in uh all the weeks that he's been starting and he's been starting since what week 13 5 6 7 games uh he's been winning uh but yeah uh even and it felt like he could move the he he was moving the guys you know a little bit, and, and if he hadn't got hurt, you know maybe it would have been a closer game, maybe not. But let's talk about the quarterbacks, man. Uh, so Brock Purdy was the third string quarterback going into the season. Uh, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, they both go down. Brock Purdy goes down. The fourth quarterback comes into the game. The fourth quarterback, Josh Johnson, 
uh, I think he's been in the league 15 years. I think he's a, he, he's a brother. He's black. Uh, but he was, uh, uh, a journeyman. Don't, don't know how many, you know, I guess I could go to his career stats, but I, I didn't pull him up how many games he started in, in the league, but, uh, he clearly, he's the fourth quarterback. So he clearly wasn't, you know, prepared as he needed to be or should have been for a game of this magnitude. Uh, then he gets hurt. So, your third string quarterback gets hurt. Your fourth string quarterback gets hurt. So, what do you do? Uh, you know, your fourth string quarterback. If it was his knee or ankle, maybe you don't. You don't. You keep him out. But it. You know, he just couldn't throw the ball. So you say, okay, let's see if we can run the ball against this vaunted defense, right? So we're gonna put the third string quarterback back in there and let him hand the ball off. Oh, they, oh, they, 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 they licking their lips. Uh, that entire defense, man, licking their lips. You know, Philadelphia's defensive line has uh, ten. No, <laughs> sorry, Philadelphia's defensive line has four uh, guys with over ten sacks this year. That's sort of unheard of. Uh, 70 sacks on the year is second only to, I think, the 85 Chicago Bears, which was uh, the team that I rooted for growing up. Uh, not the 85 Bears, but the, the Bears in general. So, four defensive linemen with over 10 sacks, that means that they, they, that they get to the quarterback all kinds of ways. Outside, inside, they get there. And so, San Francisco said, Let, let's put our injured third-string quarterback back in there and let him hand the ball off uh, against the, this, these guys. And not only uh, a regular front, but they're, they're bringing uh, six more guys up on the line, three guys off the line. They got nine guys in the box. They know you can't throw. They know you're not going to throw. Yeah, it was a, it was a disaster. Uh, that didn't last very long, right? They took him out. So now they're going to do some Christian McCaffrey. So Christian McCaffrey ended up being the fifth quarterback. Uh, if you consider Debo Samuel, he, he played Wildcat quarterback sometimes, like the sixth quarterback. But, you know, it's like a fifth or sixth quarterback this year that Kyle Shanahan has had to try and prepare and get ready to play the position at a high level and continue to win. Well, the winning stopped, right? Uh, McCaffrey tried to throw the ball a few times and he couldn't do it. Too much pressure. Uh, you know, the nobody was open, all kinds of things. So, uh, they weren't going to score more than seven points once uh, once Purdy went out of the game, uh, you know. And so uh, – but let's talk about Kyle Shanahan's greatness, in my opinion. Uh, in my opinion, uh, so I'll just let you guys know, Kyle Shanahan, I'm a, a Houston Texans fan. 
which you guys should know. You see the H. This is an Astros hat, but that H stands for H Town. Uh, and I, I uh, we had Kyle Shanahan on our staff when uh, uh, when uh, we had the other the coach. Uh, I can't think of coach name there, yeah. but Kyle Shanahan was on the staff. Uh, and then uh, when Bill O'Brien was hired, I guess Kyle Shanahan moved on to Washington, and he was an OC there for for a while. Uh, I felt like we should have held on to Kyle Shanahan at all costs. Kubiak, he he was on the staff under Gary Kubiak. That's what he was. That's who he was, and so. Uh, he moved on when Kubiak was fired, and, and then, uh, uh, to be honest, he may not have even been ready to be a, a head coach when Bill O'Brien was hired. But I felt like back then we should have interviewed him and possibly hired him to be our head coach. Still feel we should we it would have been a better choice to this day, you know, uh, but. You know, and he's he's proven everywhere he's gone except that debacle in Washington. I don't know if anybody could have helped that situation because of the owner and just the you know the culture there and all of that was horrible. But uh, everybody saw his his genius as an OC, and he went on as an OC to take Atlanta to a Super Bowl, in which they lost, in which they gave up a twenty-eight to three halftime lead. To Tom Brady, uh, and then he lost another Super Bowl as the head coach of the 49ers, and this is his uh, second NFC Championship game, losing as the head coach of the 49ers. So he's had some tough losses, but uh, I think he's great at what he does, uh, and I just wanted to put that out there that I thought that he should have been the Texans head coach. Uh, I think the Texans now are, are going to hire uh, his defensive coordinator, uh, which used to be a Texans linebacker, uh, D'Amico Ryans. And, um, you know, I really hope that that, that goes through because I, I believe that D'Amico will be a really, really, really good head coach. Not just a solid one, but a really, really, really good one. You know, and if you can start with really, really, really good, uh, you can you can do a lot of things. You know, get the right coaches in place, uh, get the right personnel in place. Uh, hopefully, he can work well with uh, the general manager, and uh, we can get this thing uh, moving in the right direction. Right. Uh, but speaking of the 49ers, it looks like. Uh, Tom Brady may be interested in being the quarterback there. What do you guys think about that? Uh, he's from the Bay. He, he grew up a 49ers fan. Uh, the 49ers have injuries upon injuries. Uh, looks like Bur Purdy will need offseason surgery. Uh, uh, Garoppolo and Lance have already had surgery. Uh, it's going to be an open competition next year. No telling who's going to be ready following their surgery. 
uh, I, I can see Brady going to the 49ers. I can also see Derek Carr going to the 49ers. And guess what? I can see Kyle Shanahan being successful with either one. What do you guys think? Let's talk about uh, the Eagles' uh, defense. Uh, we talked about it a little bit with uh, the four guys that uh, have over 10 sacks on the year. Uh, Hassan Reddick should get votes for uh, uh, defensive player of the year. I believe he he may lead that defense in sacks. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, so they have, let's look at, let's look at their schedule, man, because the Eagles, let's see how they've done in the playoffs, man. Giants, 38-7. San Francisco, 31-7. Woo. Uh yeah. Fourteen points in two games. Uh, they've scored sixty-nine. Yeah. That defense is salty. Defense is very salty. And they're peaking at the right time. They lost two games when Jalen Hurts was hurt to Dallas and to New Orleans. Uh then they beat the Giants back-to-back. They beat them in the last game of the regular season and in the first playoff game in the uh, divisional round. Woo! Yeah, I think I think, uh, uh, I think think uh, Patrick Mahomes is, is, is uh, you know, hopefully his ankle gets better so we can see a, a good, a good matchup between black quarterbacks, you know. So, 16 years ago, uh, Lovey Smith and uh, Tony Dungy were the first two black head coaches to meet in the Super Bowl. Now, this year, uh, it'll be the first two black quarterbacks to meet in the Super Bowl, starting quarterbacks to meet in the Super Bowl. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I think it's something. To be said, because it's the first. Anytime there's a first, it needs to be celebrated. You know, it's rarely a first involving white people because that's just the way it works. But, you know, there are a lot of firsts uh, regarding uh, blacks. And I think they need to be acknowledged. They need to be uh, celebrated. They need to be spoken. You know? And there have there have been black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, uh, Doug Williams, uh, Donovan McNabb, you know, but there there hasn't been two playing each other, right? And so, uh, to me, that's significant. Now let's talk about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is uh, from Houston. Uh, 
his dad coaches at Channel View High School, Coach Hurts. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts uh, is a uh, a coach's son, and I always love a QB that's that's has a dad for a coach because they always have a certain demeanor that I really like. You got to be tough. You got to be mentally strong. You know, uh, you've got to have a, a certain desire uh, for the result, right? Whether the result is a first down, a pass completion, uh, a Hail Mary touchdown, uh, win the game, you know, uh, quarterbacks that have fathers as coaches generally, at least coming up. Sometimes when you get to the pros, they can, they can, you know, it can go either way, but coming up, they always have, you know, those things that, that I look for that, that it factor more than, you know, you know, quarterbacks that don't have, you know, weren't coached by their dad or had dads as coaches, that type of thing. Right. So, you know, I love that about uh, his maturity, man. And the boy doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Uh, he doesn't say the wrong thing, doesn't stick his foot in his mouth. He's not caught on video, uh, you know, at the club the night before a game. Uh, he's not doing TikTok videos. You know, he's ball. During the season, he's ball. You know, after the season, you still haven't seen any of that stuff, but I'm sure he partakes in it because he's a young man. But uh, during the season, he's locked in, he's focused, and you know I'm sure you know that's what that's what I love about him. And that's what you want to see out of your quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, also from Texas. Two Texas boys. Patrick Mahomes is from White House, which is a, a suburb of Tyler. Tyler has a suburb. <laughs> I, I grew up in Marshall, Texas. So Tyler's is like an hour away. Uh, maybe White House was. We may have played White House uh, once or twice when I was growing up because we played all, we always played those little surrounding towns and stuff. Beat them to a pulp. You know what I'm saying? But they wanted to play Big Bad Marshall. So Patrick Mahomes is from White House. Uh, which is Texas. He went to Texas Tech. Uh, so it's great, man. Two black quarterbacks from the state of Texas. And the whole state should be interested in this game, even though it has nothing to do with the Cowboys and nothing to do with the Texans. But the int the, the rooting interest can still be split. Like, everybody's not rooting for Jalen because he's from Houston. Why? Because Patrick Mahomes is from Texas also. He's from East Texas. So a lot of the boys from East Texas may be rooting for Patrick Mahomes. You see? I mean, it's, 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 hopefully this is a great game. Uh, I think it will be. You know, uh, Philly's defense is, and there's they're something to behold. You know, I don't think they'll hold uh, Kansas City to seven. 
though. Uh, Kansas City, I think, will, the chip on Kansas City's shoulder that I believe they'll have is that this is their third Super Bowl, right? They won one, then lost one. Their last taste in their mouth is a loss. This is their fifth NFC Championship game. And they only have one Super Bowl show for it. That's a, that's a chip, man. That's a chip any way you look at it. So I don't, I'm not, I'm rooting for both teams. I'm rooting for a great game. I'm rooting for Rihanna. I'm rooting for a great halftime show. You know, my girlfriend's from Trinidad, so she's a huge uh, Rihanna fan. So am I, and I'm not from Trinidad. Love Riri. Uh, ASAP Rocky, you lucky dog, you. Uh, that's it, guys. Uh, that's the wrap up. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, uh, leave comments in the comment section. Uh, like the video. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't. I have a lot of videos, man. Uh, I'm doing the Jackson versus Jackson uh, videos. Uh, we'll, we'll 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 do something big for the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm doing uh the talking shop videos, man. I love those. Uh, just talking shop with ordinary people, with uh uh people that have uh stories, man. You know, people that 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 you you you'd wanna you know uh have a beer with. Uh, and I have the uh, Market Watch podcast, so we're doing a lot of good things. Uh, so subscribe to the channel, man, and you'll be thoroughly uh, impressed, and you'll enjoy what's going on. I am Eric T. Jackson. You are watching Jackson versus Jackson. That's Jackson versus. Jackson. And we out. Thank you, guys.